1: We're back with more grassroots marketing here on CannabisRadio.com. My next guest is an insurance industry veteran with more than fourteen years of experience, receiving uh, speaking on the industry challenges and how his company is even to solve them with his comp- with their comprehensive offerings in the cannabis industry in general. And my guest at this time is the CMO of CanGen Insurance Services, C-A-N-N-G-E-N Insurance Services, Charles Pyfrom. Charles, thanks for being with us. Hey, great to m- be here today. Appreciate you taking the time to talk about this something. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and just give a little bit of background on the company. So it is one of the largest cannabis insurance providers in the U.S. and Canada, and you underwrite for most of the top ge- revenue-generating MSOs in the space in the U.S. and Canada, and you're one of the first managing general underwriter uh, ex- underwriters exclusively focused on the legal cannabis industry. So... First of all, talk to me about the issues surrounding MSOs that you're working with now and the companies that are seeking to expand into an MSO uh, or attach to one, some of the things they should be aware of.
2: Yeah, that, that's a great question. And having so much visibility into the marketplace in both U.S. and Canada, a lot of our largest clients, and, and the way they look to obviously grow and expand is through M&A. And as our best and breed operators look to expand and go from one state to another or across the border going from Canada to U.S. or vice versa – We're finding that because of the regulatory challenges that each state or province uh, institutes on their operators, a lot of the the institutional knowledge and exceptional either product offering or service or experience that a brand, let's say in California might have, might not be well-received in a similar market, whether that's due to to the regulatory environment of what's allowed, or maybe it's due to consumer preference in that the type of products that are well-received Uh, in in the California market or in the Canadian market very vastly across the expectations of what another buyer in a different part of the the country might entertain as something they prefer or something that they look to say, this is why I believe in X, Y, Z brand. And and it's just not as simple as, you know, other consumer packaged goods where you can copy, paste, repeat and distribute throughout the U S and other broader nations There's lots of regulatory oversight that cannabis operators have to deal with. And in all fairness, looking to say, I have a great solution and a great uh, experience and brand and taking it from one state to another, you really, I mean, you got to do your due diligence prior to deciding and making sure that aligns with not only what you as a company are looking to do, but that you can find a great way to copy and paste, repeat your solutions into that new uh, and upcoming market.
1: And I would imagine with the amount of MSOs being built up, because obviously, I mean, I'm just looking at a from Insider.com and how all, about nine different cannabis CEOs from U.S. and Canada, we're all talking about there's expanding a legal, there's an expansion among a lot of their companies and others for that MSO expansion, regardless of legalization is going to be here next year or the following year in the election year here in America. There's that thought process up. Uh, Give me your take real quick on really the level of – what's the capacity of services you've had so far? If you had to say what was the majority – if you have a majority of companies that are in that MSO realm or being attached to an MSO, I mean, how much of that are you working on right now at CanGen? Yeah, being the largest
2: provider of all solutions dedicated to cannabis space in the U.S. and North, and, uh, and Canada – I, I would say a lot of our operators and feedback we get through our broker partners we work with is that you know they, they feel that what they are trying to achieve unfortunately has not yet been met by certain industry and ancillary service providers such as insurance or banking or lending or you know any of those other um, providers to an industry that absent the federal illegality topic would be you know all over it and be able to give what they're looking for so we're actively trying to build up not only their capacity or create new insurance risk transfer solutions that not only help the uh, operator in terms of where they're looking to do it, but we give them options to where they can come and make an educated business decision over what they want to self-insure or what they look to transfer via insurance policies as they look to grow and expand their businesses. And, And one of those areas that. We, I think we've done an exceptional job of bringing those opportunities to the table, so many lines of coverage in, under one roof. At Kanjen, we write eight lines of coverage and we're constantly expanding to where, unfortunately, if you're working with other buyers out there or other brokers who don't access our market, it makes it really challenging, I think, to satisfy the needs of MSOs in a way that they are able to be feel like they're getting real coverage from people who understand their industry and have built solutions that are proprietary towards the unique risks that cannabis operators face that are bespoke amongst not only individual jurisdictions, but also within individual companies, whether that's a distributor, a manufacturer, a processor, or all the way at the front end or non-storefront delivery options that exist in today's community and marketplace.
1: There's a story that you were quoted in through Property Casualty 360 recently, and they were writing about how cannabis operations are hungry for d and coverage, and that is talking about directors' and officers' liability insurance, and that companies need this kind of insurance not just to protect their current executives and board members, but to attracting lead talent in the space, as well as draw in new investors to scale up the business. And this insurance protects the protection the personal assets of corporate directors and officers and their spouses in the event they are personally sued by employees, vendors, competitors, investors, customers, or other parties for actual or alleged wrongful acts in managing a company. I didn't realize this was such a, a cause. Uh, you mentioned this quote, first and foremost, by not having DNO protection to interest the highest caliber of board or executive team members, an operator is limiting the pool of candidates they can attract to guide their company. And you also went on to say a lot of clients tell me that adding DNO to their portfolio portfolio allowed them to attract board member X or investor Y. So absent that coverage, they haven't accessed that growth. So is this something that people just, it's an offering that maybe just gets overlooked and you know, please expand on the importance here and why, you know, these risks are real. I mean, how often does it happen?
0: Yeah,
2: no, they're, they're absolutely real risks. And if you look at, you know, how, how Canada legalization rolled out, there was lots of shareholder lawsuits that were triggering DNO claims up in Canada based on the perception of how the stocks had performed um, in, in the public markets up there. And that's, carried over into a lot of the operators and how they approach stuff. I think in the U S not only from the insurance carrier standpoint, because it gave them some level of skittishness about it, but in the U S as I look to grow as a business and we insure you know, thousands and thousands of clients in the, in the cannabis industry. And we've never come across the client who was happy with the status quo. They always wanted to be bigger, better, stronger, better brand, bigger partnerships, household recognition, all that. And as people look to scale and get out of either a single type of operator, whether they are great at cultivating, but they want to expand in manufacturing and control their own destiny. Um, A lot of the, the folks that we talk to say they need capital to do it. And the smart money that is moving into cannabis and has been for years is not willy nilly just giving out that those funds. They want to make sure if they're making wise equity investments or debt investments into these, these companies that they're in a position that they can go ahead and get that best in class talent for either great terms from capacity providers in terms of collateral or lending or things of that nature, but also bringing over the guys who have found that maybe they were number two, number three, number four at a company, but wanted to be that number one and they've found a brand and there was an opportunity to help expand and take their career to the next level. A lot of these guys aren't willing to leave a ship to help build something that's smaller absent that protection. And that's where really the DNO need comes into play and, and what we've brought to the table that I'm super proud and excited that our team's built uh, is a product that is, is, you know, priced competitively, but provides, again, that meaningful coverage differentiator And that it was written from the ground up for the unique needs that a cannabis management executive should be concerned about that's different than consumer packaged goods or other manufacturing or delivery operations in a legalized environment. And, And it's really something that's taken off uh, in, in a real way. And it's been a nice asset to round out and not only give, I think, these MSOs, and in all fairness, large single state or, or uh, regional operators, the opportunity to go out and say, I want to hire someone from, you know, a, a cure or a true leaf, or I want to go out and raise capital to get to be the next insert MSO name here. Uh, and they're finding that when they go to do that, the smart money is saying, where's your DNO? The operators themselves look around and say, we don't have it, and it's a a real pain point for it because we're getting lots and lots of ask for it, and we feel like what we've brought to the market is beneficial for helping these companies scale their business at the rate they're looking to do so.
1: Now, is there anything that would be considered that this needs to be also with some legal oversight involved when putting these policies together, or is that something that we're – the legal consulting of a said company, they need to make – you know, companies like those MSOs that you're speaking of, they need to be aware of this protection and they need to go and make sure that they are locking this pol- these policies in place.
2: It's both. We, we work with a lot of uh, private companies and work with a lot of public companies in terms of their insurance risk transfer needs. And at the end of the day, you know, people choose about having really good options out there for what they are willing to either keep on themselves uh, and inherit as a company and take it as a risk or really find a great insurance risk transfer solution and purchase a policy that allows everyone to sleep better at night. Um, the best part about, I think, what being able to bring innovative solutions to the table is that we give this the buyers who are looking for options those options across a myriad of spectrums and coverage lines.
1: All right. You moderated a panel at the 2021 Insuring Cannabis Summit earlier this year, and you described the difficulty of explaining to insurance buyers about the lack of capacity or certain lines of insurance. And you said this, quote, Honestly, we found with a lot of our buyers and brokers we talked to where they'll say, what do you mean it's not available? That's the child factor is real. Even though cannabis has been more than a decade strong, continues to be a force in the industry of an up and coming boom, where it's attracting great operators and great executives from other industries to come over and say, I want to be part of this entrepreneurial venture that is cannabis that's doing a gazillion dollars in sales every year now. I mean, it's real numbers. I'll tell you this. Uh, I'm going to shout out to our plant profits program it's uh, run by protus global Uh, they do a lot of talent acquiring and management uh, solutions and you know they're all about executive talent and recruitment and uh, and really bringing the right talent to the right companies and I'm sure when I've we do a lot of profiles and leadership on that program so I'd absolutely tell you Listen to Plant Profits and check out because we give you examples on cannabis radio every day of people speaking just like that, just as Charles pers- uh, subscri- uh, uh, described at this event. So I want you to expand on that. I mean, when you're seeing this, you know, the importance of they want to be in the space, but they also need to be protected.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, when the best in class talent from other industries looks to jump in with both feet in the cannabis industry you know, not only there is there a, a learning curve, but there's also that stock and awe factor of, okay, I've left consumer packaged goods or I left agriculture and now I'm in cannabis. And how, how does that look? A lot of what their best practices and what they bring to the table as an executive or, or as a buyer or however they, they plan a transaction, there's lots of carryovers that make sense and there's lots of things that don't. And they have to have that, that you know, wake up factor that cannabis is different, it's run differently, it's, you know, transacted differently. There's things that make cannabis not only the entrepreneurially fun venture that it is, but also challenging as an operator to be involved. If you're used to the status quo, and one of those things that we always get, you know, questions on is, hey, you know, I came over from craft manufacturing or whatever you happen to be in. We're used to buying 100 million dollars of, of coverage for X, Y, Z contract manufacturer or mm. our values at these 18 locations. And unfortunately, insurance is an industry that moves historically has moved notoriously slow and being able to adopt and bring all the needed people to the table to create solutions that work everyone from the insurance providers and the reinsurance capacity um, solutions that exist all the way down to the individual broker and buyer level and making sure there's not only a meeting of the minds of what they need and then carrying that back to the the marketplace and say we have all these operators asking for x we'd like to provide a solution for x uh, and getting that all to the table. It just takes time, and unfortunately, at the pace in which cannabis is continuously to grow, expand, and is booming, that is outrunning the other industries and ancillary service providers that are looking to help support and uh, keep up with those growth momentum. So it's coming. It, you know, the ancillary service providers are a material part of, of the can- cannabis industry's boom and movement because they all need these. Uh, folks are on the outside to keep doing what their core competency is, which is delivering a great experience or brand or product to the end consumer. Um, but it's definitely making it challenging uh, to keep up with the aggressive growth goals and the demand of today's buyer.
1: Let me go direct people or listeners to the website, cangenins.com. So it's C-A-N-N-G-E-N-I-N-S.com. And when we send people there, you go to the website, you're going to learn about, a number of where you underwrite comprehensive package of coverages with A-rated carriers to protect the cannabis industry uh, and various programs that you have. If you can't, when people go over to the website, let them know what they should go ahead and navigate to. If they're, if they're a company that that needs this kind of protection, they need to go ahead and get themselves an underwriter and find someone that can go ahead and underwrite a various plethora of insurance policies that are needed to give proper protection to these companies. What should they do when they go to the website? Absolutely. And we got two great channels when you come to our website. If you're an operator in the cannabis space, in our business
2: model and in the insurance transaction, we work with other insurance brokers. So when when a client, a buyer, an operator comes to us, they say, hey, I've heard about you guys and the great, great offerings you offer. We're looking to get CanGen solutions in place. The first question we always ask, do you have a a broker? And there's a contact us section on there. If they're already working with a great broker, fantastic. We'll work with them to facilitate the needs of their clients and what they're asking for. But we can also, hey, if I'm a new operator in a space and I just want to make sure I get the best in breed coverage offering to make sure my business is protected, we can put you in touch with any number of brokers, regardless of where you sit in the U.S. or in Canada, uh, with people that know the solutions, know our process, and can make it easy to get what the buyers are looking for in today's environment.
1: Fantastic. And also you can look for everything that we're doing right now also through, I can see through Twitter, and you're also on LinkedIn. So, again, the website is dot com. Again, I've been here with the CMO of KenGen Insurance Services, Charles Pye from here on the Grassroots Marketing. Charles, thanks for being with us. Really great conversation. Glad to have you on.
2: Likewise. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it.